You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Everybody and welcome to a brand new show as we join you today from the dark. I'm your host. My name is Ian Kelly from the Dynamo's Dozen Podcast, and I'm joined by my team of Dara O'Connor, the hey No Media Network, and Dave Stevens, host of the Wrestling Rewind, also on the Nerd to Know Media Network. And if you're joining us here on YouTube or Twitch, be sure to hit that button. You know one, you know the one, the like button, and subscribe, and you can watch all future shows. So guys, first show, uh, welcome David, welcome uh, Dara, and welcome everyone and all. So today we're uh, we're obviously here to speak about everything UFO and ufology, um, and obviously I hope everybody at home has sat back, had a big old hit of whatever it is that you need, and uh, enjoy the show. How are you guys? Yeah, looking forward to apologize to everybody um, for the slight delay, but uh, yeah, getting this, you know, you're talking about conspiracies, technical issues are bound to happen. So uh, <laughs> if if we go to, if we go down, that's why. One hundred percent right, and I mean, hey, I'm not currently abducted that I'm aware of, unless this virtual podcast world is an abduction. Who knows? So I think I'm doing all right. We'll just always blame the Clintons. It's easy. Uh, I don't want to die Ian. <laughs> right trying now, to stay alive me yeah, exactly exactly for now we we are not suicidal we do not want to kill ourselves just so everybody's aware of that we'll bring it up to Clinton if, if, if we're not seen within 72 hours call someone exactly absolutely exactly. and if there's any tigers found near my house I swear I swear somebody fed me to them <laughs> yeah I mean yeah like you're, you're the American guy I'm in Ireland pretty okay with with the tiger thing so i think we'll be all right there but uh definitely if david goes missing and you see a tiger around anywhere you know be what? sure to uh be, be sure to help a guy out like you know what happened but uh just for just so anyone knows if they're in the chat uh be it twitch or youtube um just you know we're able to see it so any thoughts you have any anything you want to add to the conversation uh please do and uh, we'd love to get your feedback so we we said we start things off um, with a with a fun topic, lads. One that's not as controversial as other ones that exist. And I, you know, we probably will put up a poll um, for next month's show. Uh, like at the moment, we're thinking about time travel, but we'll kind of see. Um, but this is all about UFOs and extraterrestrials. So yeah. we have a kind. Of, we're we're gonna run through the gambit of them, and we have we do have a lot to get through. Um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun, and so fair play for recommending this one. Yeah, and, I figured. Know, uh, we, sorry, go ahead, Dave. This is what these are the kinks we have to work out. First show, guys, we'll figure it out. It's funny you say that though. This is the least controversial. This is also possibly the most controversial, and could be in fact defining every single aspect 
of our society on a daily basis for all we know so is this the least is this the most is this fact is it conspiracy i don't know guys let's find out <laughs> exactly exactly well, well I mean, when we look at it, let's let's dive in actually, because um, when we when we look back to like the first reported sightings of UFOs or what, whatever you want to call it, um, because technically that's what they are, UFOs. It's an unidentified flying object. That's where where the term comes from. But people have, um, I guess, culture and time has kind of uh, labeled. Um, that that idea as being a conspiracy theorist or whatever you want to call it or being a being a crackpot or you know tin hat wear whatever it may be, but let's look at the facts. I think that's the best way to start and look back to, um, you know, the first sightings. We even go back to pre twentieth century, which is the best way to do it because a lot of people always think of the here and now and don't look back on the history of it. Um, I mean, one of the first recorded. Um, and documented sightings was actually in 1440 uh, in ancient Egypt um, by a guy called Thule Papyrus. I hope I've done his uh, name justice. Um, in the scribes of the pharaoh Tutmos III uh, reported fiery discs um, spotted in the skies. So these are actual scriptures going back to 1440. Um, and then obviously you know, there's so many uh, sightings that came in between that period. I mean, millions, millions upon millions. Um, but then we get to, I guess, where we are now and the best place to start, um, which is in the grand scheme of things, not that long ago, but in our lifetime, it's uh, <laughs> it's forever ago. Mm. We go back to 1947, June the 14th, um, when a rancher, William Brazell, uh, working on J.B. Foster Ranch, noted, uh, he noticed clusters of metallic debris um, from approximately, I think it was like 30 miles away, 50 kilometers, north of Roswell in New Mexico. Um, a lot of different verifying accounts to that story, varying accounts, should I say, to that story. And, you know, not all of them uh, seem to be true, but that seems to be the the, the, the base of the story, you know? Um yeah. He then, apparently, Mr. Brazil um, then delivered debris to Sheriff George Wilcox. Wilcox contacted Colonel Butch Blanchard, the commander of uh, the Roswell Army Airfields the, of the 509th Composite Group. Composite group. Um, and Wilcox goes through the higher training command, sends the debris to General Roger W. Ramey, commander of the 8th Air Force in Fort Worth, Texas, Blanchard also sends Jesse Marcel and intelligence officers from base, from base to investigate as well. So a lot of people will kind of be going, right, he's just naming names here. But the real fact that I want to get to here and the real name that I want to get to here is Jesse Marcel. Because I think this is where um, this is where we get to the, to the nuts and bolts of the story. Um, Jesse Marcel obviously was with the guy that we'll see right there in the, in the picture holding up... Uh, the debris. Um, so I guess that was a good good kind of start in place for us guys. Um, obviously, there we go. That was in that was the first um, news report um, that was put out that there was a flying saucer actually captured in Roswell. And now a couple of days later, bear in mind, um, that was taken away and it was it turned from a flying saucer to an air blimp. You know, an air balloon, a weather balloon, a weather, a weather balloon. balloon. Yeah. Which, so, which seems to be the, the biggest um, 
I think that is the official narrative that it was like an air balloon. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a hundred percent. Even if you go on Wikipedia now, um, the Roswell incident is uh, the day that an, an a weather balloon crashed, mm. and hysteria followed. So, it is a good place to start, guys. Purely because, in terms of, uh, in terms of just the story getting to a point, you know, beyond the. Beyond any return, I guess is, it, this is where we are. It, it, it's 1947 in June. Literally, the anniversary will be coming up in a month. Actually, one day off the month. Yeah, it's the 15th of May right now. So 14th of June that will be uh, that will be uh, an anniversary for Roswell. So, guys, in terms of um, in terms of how you see it, and obviously. We can we can kind of digress and, and we can segue within this one, but in terms of how you see it, the Roswell incident, um, I know David, you have kind of educated yourself pretty well on that subject in terms of, you know, what really was found, what you know, what was hidden, um, what, what do you think about about the whole thing? Oh man, it's tough. Because I look at a, a physicist like Stanton Freeman, who really put a lot of effort into making this a public story and to get out into the general population and his really brazen efforts on it. And then I question things. I, I, at the end of the day, I would say the Roswell incident, perhaps more than anything else, makes me infuriated. And I'll explain why. Because as a U.S. citizen, you guys are all in Ireland and whatnot, but as a U.S. citizen, this is probably, it's been going on for <laughs> since the beginning of our country was founded, but this was really the first time that our eyes were open to the fact that not only will the government lie to us, they will knowingly lie, they will throw multiple lies at a story, and they will deceive you to no end. Um, I don't even, I, it's funny, uh, Roswell to me may be the least substantiated UFO story, even though it sparked then the pop culture uh, UFO thing that came out of it. But here's where I would smush it down to its very core. When you talk disinformation, when you talk the early days of, you know, the OBC or the, the CIA, what you have you, it's modus operandi that still exists today. What do you do when something weird happens, if it's a military experiment, whatever? You put out two conflicting stories at essentially the exact same time. Mm. They put out this outlandish, oh, we had aliens and we had these flying saucers. And then you also put out, oh, we had a weather balloon. Or they even kept this going into the 90s. Was, well, actually, it was nuclear testing balloons for the Soviets. Well, here's the thing. I think it's a classic case of disinformation. I think it's a classic case of what was going on at that time if you put yourself back into that time period. Uh, you mentioned, of course, someone integral to it, and it was actually his son, um, Junior, who uh, they made the replica that you find of the craft that has, like the, for lack of a better term, hieroglyphics on it. It's like a sure. bar and the metal that you couldn't melt and all these things that go into it. And, man, I feel like, uh, you know... Molder over here, like I want to believe, <laughs> I want to believe I do. But to me, this is this is the government 
This is the government disinformation at its finest mm. and at a time when there was nobody to argue against official stories. And I think yeah. that's my takeaway from it. What about you, Dara? Because it's actually really interesting points that you make there because um, obviously it, it, it's, it's one of the first, I guess, high-profile cases of, of government cover-up, possibly as well. Um, right. Like even if it was a UFO, they still covered it up with multiple stories. Exactly. So regardless of what the true story is, it's evidence that the government will lie to its people and will cover things up hmm. in the interests of national security. And we know Rick, how that's gotten yeah. us in the 21st century. <laughs> definitely before, <laughs> definitely even before, like the there was the narrative. There was two or three different narratives that even con, um, conflicted with itself. So yeah, that's a very good point, Dave. Yeah, I think so because purely, uh, purely based on what Dave has said there, which I think is the real problem. It's 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 government telling you the truth or lies. Hmm. Um, but I mean, that's that's probably another podcast for another day. Exactly. But it is very prevalent in this particular uh, in this particular narrative that we are trying to tell. Um, I, I I think. Personally, I mean, obviously everybody wants to believe. I mean, people want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster. People want to believe in Bigfoot. People want to believe in, 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 in uh, you know, happiness, everything, you know. But the real <laughs> fact of the matter is that um, we have a situation here where this isn't the first. Uh, and and a, lot of, uh, a lot of media do try to portray that this is, this is kind of what spun ufolo ufology um, and, and, and that's incorrect. Uh, and that's why I but, wanted to start off the show with the fact that there's been millions upon millions of, uh, of reported sightings going uh, back as far as 1440. Sorry, Darren, go ahead. So I, there's, and I, I do actually want to talk about a few of those in a bit when we go back to it, but we'll keep it in the 20th century for a bit. What I find is interesting, there's two big ones that get overlooked but are starting to kind of be more um, well-known. In the twenties, in the twenties, actually, there's loads of them to be honest with you. And you know, this would even surprise some people who aren't as familiar with this. But um, one one big one, right, is the whole Foo Fire thing during sure. during World War Two. Like these, sure. and like th th these could be experimental uh, Nazi ships. We don't know, but um, you know, they just appeared. And, you know, they were uh, photographed by the bomber crews. I think it was the Allies that photographed them during World War II. Yeah. Then there was the Battle of Los Angeles. where oh, so, yeah. are, are you telling yeah. me it's not just a band? No, it's not just a band. This is where the name came from, yeah. Um, but yeah, I know the, thought Battle of Los Angeles was an album as well from a band. So. Exactly, yeah. Well, it is. It's awesome uh, Rage Against the Machine. But Battle of Great Los Angeles, um, this was when there was thousands of anti-aircraft rounds fired, like a full-scale battle. For these um, unidentified aerial craft. Now again, could they be Nazi uh, ships like the V1 rockets or something like that? Yeah, possibly. Were they? I don't know. But these were two huge ones to happen during World War Two. That you know, I think it was a lot easier to control information there, and they probably didn't want people realizing, oh God, you know, the Nazis have this kind of stuff. And then a couple of years later, we'd have the V1 and V2 rockets. Um, so. You know, I would I'd be willing to believe that's what they were, and of course, then it goes forward into pop culture now, where you have Nazis and UFOs as a as a subgenre of uh, slock movies. So yeah, you know, well, th there are two ones that stick out to me as there is precedent for this kind of stuff. 
Well, absolutely. And I don't think we can let, if we're just going to bring up the subject and Nazis and UFOs and UFOs always lead into like zero point energy and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's no way we can escape mentioning de Glocka or the Nazi bells. It's more popularly oh, known. Oh, Nazi bell. Yeah, of course. And of course. Of course. And yeah. to most people who've, I'm assuming if you're tuning into this, you have a cursory understanding. Otherwise, welcome. Good luck. Welcome. Um, yeah. The Nazi bell <laughs> is, is pretty, pretty crazy. So Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to get a yeah. picture of, of D Glock. So people yeah, can bring that see up. It. I'm going to bring it up so everyone can have a look. This is wild yeah. guys. Welcome to so the like, proper conspiracy. Now, now we're just going full force. Um, oh, yeah. And this was something that um, I don't know if it, Nick Cook wrote a book about it. Uh, Joseph Farrell, who I love, if you can find it on Joseph YouTube. Joseph Farrell website. is, um, we're, we're going to mention, some, we're gonna mention yeah. some authors during this and some yes. some points to jump off. Joseph Farrell is your person to read when it comes to the bell. Um, oh, he's he written pretty much interview. everything on zero, zero energy and anti-grav technology and absolute wild stuff yeah you want to get maybe one day maybe one day we'll do a podcast on the nazi international because that'll blow i would also lines, but i, I would want like to bring to throw it in. i'd like to throw a name as well in and um, just into that in terms of who was written the book obviously the day after roswell uh, colonel philip j corso um very very reputable um you know high high-end um colonel within the u.s military that was actually um he was positioned as the guy to lead the evacuation from from uh, from where the, the the crash happened back to base. I think it was Nevada. Am I am I correct in saying that, David? It was somewhere in Nevada. Uh, uh, Roswell's New Mexico, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's and that's I, where they took the the bodies and the crates. They, yeah, because they took it to Wright Patterson. But one of the things that's worth yeah. mentioning that I kind of skipped over when we were talking about the Roswell incidents. People always go, "Why Roswell, New Mexico? This seems like an insignificant location." <laughs> Fail. I know. But what people fail to realize is that at that time, in the entirety of the globe, was the only place with an active nuclear squadron. Sure. So you want to know true. why something weird crashes and why does the government jump all over it and try and figure out why it was? Well, very what true. are we being spied on? What's happening? Like That is a very, very important fact that a lot of people don't even think about. David, I just want to mention that there's two things above your head right now as well that could be looking at you. It's just uh, I may not make it through the podcast. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay because I've told you within the 70, 78, what, how many hours did we say? 74 or 72? If it gets above 70, someone, send, <laughs> someone make a phone call. Um, but, it, but it is hours. true. I mean, well, you know, on that point, where is the right place to crash land also? You know what I mean? Um, but but very much so, I agree. Uh, people always ask the question, why are UFOs seen in the likes of Chile or seen in the likes of, you know, Mexico? It's always around bases and it's always within the within the um, the jurisdiction, I guess, of of an army base of some sort, mm. um, which, you know, if, 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 if you uh, if you can't kind of figure why that is, I, I don't really know what to tell you. But um, it, it, it's like I'm gonna. I'm just gonna segue as well because we uh, we we said we we'd uh, we try and keep it on, on on Roswell, and we will because there's there's other incidents also that we we have to talk about. But I think um, the reason I brought up the the Colonel Philip J. Corso one was because, like I said, he's somebody that is is super respected within the military world. Only until he brought out the book, and then the book tried to. Um, you know, ruin his credentials. 
But this man is filmed, I believe uh, some of his uh, videos are still on YouTube. The last time I tried to find it, I couldn't. But there is a great interview with uh, Colonel Philip J. Corso on YouTube um, speaking about what he's seen in, in the crates of what were picked up um, at the crash site of Roswell. And it certainly wasn't um, weather balloon debris. It was, um, it was, he said, I think his exact quotes were, it looked, the hands looked like the hands of a small child, but the head was too big to be a child. That's what he said. He thought it was actually, you know, kids that had, you know, obviously been hurt or killed in, in, in this particular uh, accident and thought it was a tragedy initially. But obviously right. within his, within his job title, it wasn't the question or anything. It was just get A to B to C, you know? And um, it's a really, really interesting book, The Day After Roswell, because he goes in depth. And I know his son, um, Mr. Corso Jr., is, uh, is, is a big kind of uh, advocate. And the great thing about it is, actually, he goes into some serious, serious um, talk about, you know, seeing, a, seeing the, 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 the crafts in real life. Seeing, not the crafts, sorry, seeing the beings, should we say in uh, in real life so i mean it's uh if, if you're looking if you think this is all bullshit that's fine that's that's okay but it's it's really interesting it, it's it's really interesting to listen to well and even fits into the whole bob lazar story when he was supposedly reverse engineering at stuff not at area 51 like most people assume but slightly off course at sr4 or r4 whatever it was s4 within the um, area Right, we're within the area. Very he talks about the fact, and he never said, I saw an alien. He said, I saw some sort of small mock-up of a body that would fit into this craft. Yeah, because he did mention that, like, if you had to, if you were to fit somebody into that particular craft, <laughs> um, it would be like a small 10-year-old child, right? Well, here, right. Well, here, on that point, here's some, here's like the most famous picture of the alien autopsy. I think we've all seen this. Fake. Oh my gosh. This is so bad. This uh, is so it's actually bad. so bad, isn't it? It is, but this is what people seem to believe. But there's a, just doing a cursory Google there. Two, three years ago, there was um, talk of real footage. And now last year, there was a CIA scientist apparently who came out and said, the footage is real. Now that could, now that sounds to me like disinformation because this thing's been disproven right. over and over and over again. So it kind of it kind of gets to what we were talking about earlier on. But this is what this is the, this is what everybody kind of thinks when they think Roswell. You know, right. they think they you think know, this alien footage. And I watched, uh, unfortunately, really, really in depth debunking of that one. And I mean, yeah, they me even too. know they've been even interviewed the the meat market where the guy bought the organs from. Mm. And I'll tell you what, for something that was done on amateur film, it's pretty convincing. What Fox sure. aired it as a special sure. yeah, yeah, worldwide yeah, known. People believed it. What about, and I don't know if that speaks more to the psychology of people, which I think would be a cool thing to get into. Maybe a couple of cop, uh, podcasts down the line. Like why, what's the psychology of the people who believe in certain things? Uh, well, well it, 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 it's, I, it's, I, that, it's that, it's that, um, it's that need for the un un unexplained. Like humans are, right. humans are pattern animals. We need to mm. have a pattern. We need to recognize certain things. So, like conspiracy theory, finally, there's another term. Conspiracy theory comes from the CIA after um, Kennedy was killed. I don't even question that was known as a conspiracy theorist. The first time known as it. So, take of that as you will. But you know, 
Uh, Shout out to JFK. Exactly. Um, Most people don't know that, though. That's no, they shocking. Don't. They don't know. Most it, no. people don't realize that the Central Intelligence Agency created the term conspiracy, conspiracy theorist specifically to keep people from asking questions sure. about the JFK assassination. Yep. Am I saying that that was a conspiracy? I don't know. That sounds like a great topic for another podcast. Yeah. But it what I am knows. saying is, guys, this is more disinformation like we're talking yep. about. Uh, Derek brought up a CIA thing, and he quickly jumped on the point that I was going to make is, man, I want to trust the people who come out from the official stories. But as soon as I find out, oh, you worked for the CIA? Really? And you don't anymore. Mm. Really? You're not subcontracting in any way? You sure? Yeah. You sure? Well, first of all, first of all, the guy that we're looking at right there looks like um, when he did land, yep. he kind of just said he'd stay a while and just went down to the local pub in Ireland and drank Guinness for about <laughs> two months. That is, a, that is a hell of a Ned Kelly. Oh, yeah. For all you American listeners, that's belly. That's our little uh, thing that we do, but that's, that's a belly and a half. Well, um, well, I agree. I agree with both of you guys because I think um, I, I'm of the same mindset as you there, David, when you're talking about um, the CIA in terms of, and Dara, obviously, um, just in terms of how the, 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 the actual theory, the theory became, because it's not a theory. Um, if you're being lied to, that's not a theory. I think you were lying to me. This is my theory. No, mm-hmm. you know when somebody is blatantly lying to you. Yeah. Like, I would say, are we conspiracy theorists? I don't think so. What are we nope. doing? I think we're conspiracy researchers. We're just looking at the facts, and then we're saying, hmm, does this, you know, does this pass a snuff test? Does it not? I mean, there's wild things that I believe that you two are going to roll your eyes at and go, why is he even on this podcast? And I'm sure it's going to happen for each of us at some point. And, and I, I think that's the beauty of but it. But see, that, that's the fun of it. And I'd say for anyone who is of that mindset, you know, it, it's fun to kind of question things and it's fun to to have uh, an inquisitive open mind because if you don't, then life isn't fun. And, you know, it, it, stuff that's been classified as a... Cons- like, even this topic, and we will close the show out with it, even this UFO topic, two month, last month, there was footage shown that the Navy said, yeah, it's real. That comes from To The Stars. We'll talk about that. But that's what I mean. You can't just dismiss things because it's... Oh, my God, my blood's boiling just as you're saying that. I'm sorry. It's all right. But uh, this is what I want to talk about here with Dulcie Bass, right? This is... All right, yes. So we're talking about why why it's always bases. Why do they appear? Um, well, the most famous one of that isn't Area 51. But actually, that is the most famous one. But the, the most one that has a lot of mystery around it is Dulce Base. And if anyone played half sure. if anyone played Half Life, they will know that's what <laughs> that's what this is kind of supposed to be. Um Dulce Base is supposed to be a giant human alien underground facility facility in Colorado and New Mexico border near the town of Dulce, New Mexico. And this is wild. This is crazy. Apparently like there was even like a battle that happened there and you know residents have uh, residents of Dulce have actually seen uh moving lights ufos and all other crazy things that can't really be explained but uh for anyone who wants a good time check out battle of Dulce base and you'll see you know there's video footage and stuff but you know i'm not going to say that's true or that's what's happened but this story is great and this one doesn't get enough love everyone's too busy going area 51 but this is the real peach for me that's for sure. I, I agree because it's um, it, it's so many. I mean, 
I wanted to just backtrack a little bit on what David said earlier um, about the Bob Lazar thing. I mean, that, that's that's crazy. Obviously, there's a great documentary on it. On um, I think it's on Netflix now. Am I right? Yes. Um, great, great documentary for all you guys in in quarantine. Uh, I'm just looking for something to watch. And and you know, I'm not going to tell you, yay or nay, this guy's telling the truth or not. And that's for you to, to kind of make up your mind. But I remember when I was a kid, I thought this guy was obviously full of shit. Yep. Um, and now watching it, my my whole opinion has changed, you know, dramatically, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even, I would like to shout out even more so than the documentary on Netflix, which I think has its flaws. Uh, check out his interview on the Joe Rogan experience that he for did sure. when he went over it. For because, sure, yeah. Um, and there's also another video, and I apologize, I'm not great with remembering YouTube channel names, but there's a YouTube channel that dedicated an hour to looking at Bob Lazar's body language, doing the whole, you know, FBI kind of, is this a lie, yeah. is this not? Here's what we know. Is the story that this man is telling true? We don't know. Does this man genuinely believe the story that he's telling true? It seems without a doubt he believes what he's saying is true. Now, granted, in 2003, Bush thought that Iraq definitely had new, you know, weapons of mass destruction. So you can see how things people think are true aren't necessarily true. But the body language, everything else, he's, uh, Bob Lazar seems to show no deception whatsoever that the story he's telling is true. Not saying it's true. I'm saying he believes it's true. Mm. Okay. I agree, yeah. But uh, what I would say is, um, when it comes to, to this topic, it's hard one way or the other to really plant your feet on it because there is so much um, experts that come out and then something comes out about them and you're like, oh, this is this is not good, you know? So I don't, I'm not too familiar with Bob Lazar as such, but what I would say is I wouldn't discredit his information for his past rather than what he brings to the argument now. Yeah, well, and it's fascinating that his story has never changed. Um, it's been very consistent. There's things that are true. For those that aren't aware, Bob Lazar you know, said that he worked on uh, alien spacecraft, but only in a compartmentalized manner um, at an area near Area 51. He was recruited, et cetera, ended up getting kicked out because his wife was having an affair with an Air Force pilot, and at that time... Uh, yeah, you couldn't let people with unsat, un, unsavory backgrounds keep working for you. Hmm. But there are parts of his story that do hold up, even if it's not alien-related. Uh, he discussed an element that wasn't discovered for years later, and that's irrefutable. Um, it, it's an irrefutable fact that the government erased his social security identification number from all databases. Whoa. That's true. Whoa. Yeah. That's whoa. unbelievable. That's unbelievable. It, it's crazy. So what was he doing? We don't know. But we know he definitely worked at Los Alamos. And for those, you know, familiar with nuclear research, knows what that means. So well, Los, 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 Alamos, uh, Los, Los Alamos is another one of those, another one of those, um, another one of those cases where it's very, very familiar with this, um, this specific topic Los Alamos base is where um, we heard a lot more of these crazy sightings of these um, these aircrafts and even nuclear testing because again like I would say some of these earlier um, 
these these earlier viewings before Roswell could have been uh, testing the rockets, could have been testing anything because I know the U two rockets were uh, the U two ships were tested in Area Fifty One. Is that yes. like from my understanding? Yeah, or? the B two bombers were B two bombers sure, as yeah. well. Were so like I was SR seventy one, one of the greatest you know machines to ever fly. Like to me. And, and this is just from my personal take on it. When it comes to these specific early tw- early twentieth century, um, or particularly around World War Two and the, mid- the start of the Cold War, and it's a lot it's a lot easier to have um, a lot easier to have a, a cover of alien UFOs than military grade aircraft. You know? Okay, I want to I want to throw something out there because I feel like we've kind of been harsh to people, and even myself, who do believe that there may be some factual alien uh, sightings or you see. It's funny. I actually consider aliens and UFOs totally different things. But here's my question that I want to pose to you guys. I'm curious what you both think. Let's say hypothetically, today, a UFO crashes uh, somewhere near your yard. What do you think, if you're running the Central Intelligence Agency or the NSA or the government, what would you do to cover this up, to keep the getting out from the public because you don't think they can handle the information? And do you think you see that in stories of supposedly actual UFO encounters? Like, What's your guys' take on that? I'll start, I guess. Yeah, like, go for it. Like, if... Of course, if, if if it first comes out, you're like, holy shit, this is like a crazy science fiction movie, right? Um, it, like E.T., um, or one of the best ones uh, was the Spielberg one. That's the Close name encounters of, of a turn. Close encounters. Now, here's a little bit of nugget of information that I learned recently from a, a good friend, from a, a fellow podcaster. Um, that was based on, apparently, fact yeah, that the government... Heard. Had actually met up with guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, John Hagedorn of the 1001 Heroes uh, podcast over in the States. Uh, Elderly gentleman, really nice guy. And I remember listening to that and going, what the, you know. Mm. And um, I listened to it and I went, really? So I did a little bit of research into it. And it turns out that that was actually, uh, because obviously Spielberg is a crazy, crazy uh, UFO guy. He loves it, Mm. Loves it. Um, hence, E.T., hence uh, his first ever, uh, I think, student film was based on UFOs as well. It was called something, had the name Fired, and anyway, I can't exactly get it right now. I'll see if I can find out the name. But if you look at um, Spielberg, he's he's so into uh, into that kind of thing that it's, um, it's you know, it, it goes back to the old adage, there's no smoke without fire, you know? Well, see, this is the, and I would say that we're, we're at a point where there's a mix between actual un- unidentified flying objects going all the way back through history. Like, you know, even you were saying the first one was from Egypt that was recorded. The four yeah. from Rome, 14, 14, yeah. the four from Rome were by Livy, Pliny, Plutarch and Cassius Dio. Now, these are all like, take, take it from me, they're all real historical figures. They wrote about stuff that was actual real. You know, the only reason why we know a lot about Rome is because what these guys wrote—they weren't, they weren't bullshit artists. Now there were historians that were bullshit artists, but yeah. these weren't the ones. So, 
they know, just weren't they weren't they weren't recording the child abuse at that time. That's the only thing. That's that's what they weren't doing in Rome. Well, this is from the BC. The only one we have from AD is Cassius Dio and but what's interesting about it is right, uh three of them talk about fire in the sky or ships in the sky. And then when we go through uh the Renaissance period, there's lots of paintings that show this fire in the sky thing. Where there's these you know, what look like ships. Now my question would be on that. How it was did, on the Last Supper, right? Isn't there the, out the window? Yeah, there's yeah, lo- there, sure. loads of pic- loads of uh, saints and uh, depictions of Jesus and stuff have these in the background. Now, my question would be: Oh, are we are we going there? Please tell me we're going. Well, there. my question would be: How does someone in the 14, 15, 16, 17th century know what a spaceship looks like? And why is it so consistent? It's very consistent to the narrative, isn't it? It's like, it's crazy, and that's where I'm kind of like, this is weird because. What we when we're looking back and we're like, this really, really looks like a spaceship. It really, really looks like UFO. What is it doing in in a in a in a Renaissance painting? And then when you look back through the historical narrative and you hear Livy talking about ships in the sky, and you're like, wait a minute, maybe there is something to this. But the point I was getting that I wouldn't discount those. The ones I would discount would be the ones in the middle of the 20th century, post World mm-hmm. War Two, during the Cold War, after Roswell, because. This is when we start getting a bunch of different testing. We start getting a lot, and stuff we still don't know about because it was the Cold War. They were testing lots of weapons. Um, there was lots of crazy stuff going on. And look, there's a very high possibility, and more realistically, that it was a government program rather than Little Green Men. But Little Green Men is a great cover when you want to great test cover. out. Yeah, when you want to test out your whatever. And you know, the Nazis probably did this in the forties. So, well, I was going to say that the yeah. Nazis, like, let's let's be real here. For, you know, uh, the Nazis were were the first to actually come to getting anti anti gravitational uh, technology and, and but, making it work almost. But, here, but here's the crazy uh, thing. But here's yeah, the here's the crazy thing. Yeah, hundred percent. But here's the crazy yeah. thing about this, right? Where do you think the U.S. government and NASA got the technology? The Nazis. Project Paperclip. When they brought exactly. them in, Project Paperclip exactly. was a thing. Look it up. That's historical narrative. Operation Paperclip. Operation yeah. Paperclip. It's, it was. It's it, like um, it's like all of these little shows that they done. You remember, like these stupid shows, like oh, Project Nazi Hunter and all this, and they mm. they were hunting all these Nazis. I know Netflix done a show on on uh, yeah one of the guys as well recently, uh, old guy that was living in, in von the Braun. State. Von Braun is the most famous. He was the inventor of the V one V two rockets. Yeah, he worked and, for and, NASA, and he worked for oh. NASA. That's how they got to the moon. Exactly. We so, would not. That's that's what people forget. We would, and I, I'm sorry, it, it is what it is. You can't change the history. First of all, and this is a staggering statistic that most people won't know, 70,000 Nazis were granted a pardon after World War II. They didn't all come here. No. A lot of them ended up in the new West German Argentina government. Some of them went was to a big Russia. The Argentina ones were the kind of ones that kind of just slipped there. Like, yeah, Bormann the probably that, ended up there. Bormann probably yeah. ended up in Argentina. Hitler Look, what I'd say, what I say about Argentina, that is something different. That would be the, the, the ones who went through the rat lines. We're talking right. official documented official. workers. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For, for, for allied states, mainly the US, but also, as Dave said, the West German government. But, yeah. but here's here's where my problem comes, and it kind of goes back to what David was saying at the start. We're meant to believe in a government, okay? And it's not just the US government. They're all in They're it. all in on it. And, and this, is, this is proof of it. Like, these were the yeah. allies, the people who fought the Nazis. 
they're like, oh, we'll just take his all in, and you can yeah. work on our pro- on our project. The only, the it's only unbelievable. Ones that, the only ones that were segregated was probably the Russians until twenty, you know, until until recently. But but yeah. let's be fair. And um, when it came to you know truth telling, and let's let's put that in in inverted commas there. Um, truth telling, okay. So the U.S. wants us to hate. I don't mean the U.S. No offense to you, David, but I mean the no, U.S. No offense, my government's corrupt. It doesn't matter. The U.S. government wants us to hate Nazis because Nazis did a really bad thing, but we're going to employ the good ones. Yeah, yeah. so it makes no sense. So we're, it's crazy. It so we're, no sense. we're meant to trust in these people. Yeah, you know, but 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 you know, the scientists we're going to take on anyone that's of, of note or anyone that can offer us something, we'll take them on. Anyone else? Yeah, y'all can go fuck yourselves. You know what I mean? It's 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 absolutely. It's almost. Oh my gosh, I don't want to say that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull myself back. But it is this kind of mentality of you can be forgiven for your sins if you'll come and help us reach new frontiers. And, you know, and, and, and oh, and, we can make it to the moon. You you might have had a hand in killing people. Yeah, it's like it, like it, those Russians. Like literally, those those V two and V one rockets, they did a lot of damage towards the end of the war. And pretty much, if it wasn't for what happened, if it wasn't for the nukes, the V one and V two rockets could have actually won the war for the Nazis, which is insane. Oh yeah. And when you think about that, you're like, wow, this is who they brought in. But then again, they did go to the moon. They did push yeah. the forward. And it's it's just it's a very uncomfortable. Like to be honest with you, it's more uncomfortable to think about that than it is for little green men in the sky. It is. Well, and that's why you want to be I, super scared. And I think you want to be really, really scared, Derek. Yeah, go on. You know, think about this fact: the Nazis. And, and please don't consider and confuse current day neo Nazis when I talk about past Nazis, because we are talking about really smart, intelligent people, and I am not in any way sympathizing with them. I want to no. make that clear as well. You're talking, about the, saying, you're talking about the scientists yeah, who work there. We're talking about the scientists the and whatnot. But look at this. And this is going back to my conversation, probably about the Glocka, I'm assuming. Mm. Uh, Hitler had people working on nuclear bombs. And you know what his response was? We don't need to allocate that many resources to that. We've got something better. Yeah. We don't know what that better thing was, but if sure. that doesn't scare the crap out of you and make you wonder what is going on, what were these scientists working on? Whew, I mean, yeah. Guys, here's you the thing. Roswell stuff and Not- you can reverse engineer it, whatever. But I think what we got out of the Nazis is so much more powerful than any of that. On oh, secret. On yeah. secret. Oh. Here's the thing, right? 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. Who were the best scientists in the world? Who are the best everything in the world as far as education? German. The Germans. Yeah. And then, so what were they working on? We still don't know. A lot of this stuff is declassified. That's why I find, like, I love the Wolfenstein games because the Wolfenstein games actually go for it and all the mad stuff that they were kind of working on. A lot of that stuff isn't as mad as it seems. You know, no. and even even the Glock was in uh, Call of Duty, as you can see here. So it, it's still there in popular culture, but it's redefined as sci-fi. But, you know, here's the thing. Sci- today's sci-fi is tomorrow's future. And I think we could start seeing this kind of stuff with a bit of digging, but we'll never see this kind of stuff because it's so incra- yeah. crazy out there. But to that point, I would say where I would sit on the night after World War Two, this was all, this was all government tech, for sure. 
There's there's no I I don't believe anything else. What I would say, mm. although two on this right, so Betty and Barney Hill abduction and Davos pass incident. These are two incidents on opposite sides of the world. One was in the US and one was in the Soviet Union. Ab- abductions. I would, I would fall on that maybe this is something else. Well, this is why I just wanted to, before you went there, I just wanted to bring you you guys' attention because I know maybe you are, David. I know not a lot of people are familiar with this one, but this one always stood out to me, the Shag Harbour incident. Everyone wants to go to Shag Harbour. This is actually um, new to me. I'm very interested. Yeah, in Irish, people will, Irish people will get that joke. Everyone wants to go to Shag Harbour. <laughs> it's a great place. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so I'm going to read this out for you guys and you can, you can kind of see. But the reason I'm bringing this is because the narrative is very strange because there's actual evidence of the before the incident, if you get me. Mm. Um, so on the night of October 4th, 1967, at about 11.20 p.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, it was reported that something had crashed into the waters of Shag Harbors in Canada, by the way. Something had crashed into the waters of Shag Harbor. At least 11 people saw, and, and all these people have been verified, um, saw a low-flying lit object head towards the harbor. Multiple witnesses reported hearing a whistling sound like a bomb, then a whoosh, and finally a loud bang. The object was never officially identified and was therefore referred as an unidentified flying object in the Government of Canada documents. Uh, the Canadian military became involved in a subsequent rescue slash recovery effort. Um, the initial report was made by local resident Laurie Wickens and four of his friends. Um, driving through Shag Harbour on Highway 3, they spotted a large object descending into the waters of the harbour. Attaining a better vantage point, Wickens and his friends saw an object floating 250 to 300 metres offshore in the waters of Shag Harbour. Uh, Wickens contacted the RCMP attachment in Barrington Passage and reported he had seen a large airplane or small airliner crashing into the waters and that, w- that they were circular. So um, just to give a bit of context to that, okay, before you, you kind of guys chime in and, and give your thoughts on that, which is it's a really weird story because that's that can happen. Um, just before this incident, there's a, an airline... Uh, so Air Canada Flight 305 en route to Toronto while flying over Sherbrooke and St. Jean in Quebec, 3,658 metres from the Halifax International Airport. Air Canada Captain Pierre Chabernot uh, on Flight 305 pointed out to co-pilot uh, Bob Ralphington um, that there was something strange out the left side of the aircraft at 7.15. So think of the time here now. Like This is a couple of hours before um, you know, we have the actual incident that we're talking about. In his report, the captain reported uh, an object along uh, on a parallel course a few miles away. He describes it as brilliantly lit rectangular object with a string of smaller lights trailing the object. At 7.19, the pilots noticed a sizable silent explosion near the large object. Two minutes later, a second explosion occurred, which faded to a blue cloud around the object. So hmm. we'll get into the next part. This this is what makes the story so great. Um, Daryl Dory, his sister Annette, and his mother were sitting on the front porch in Mahone Bay. This is all within the same kind of jurisdiction when they noticed a large object maneuvering above the south 
Western Horizon. The next day, Darrow wrote a letter to the RCAF, uh, Greenwood Base Commander, asking what was flying over the water that evening, as he had never seen anything like it. Then it comes to another part. This is what's so great about the story, because there's so many, all right? Um, MV Nickerson of Sambro, Nova Scotia, again, within the same, within the same kind of jurisdiction. While standing at the wheelhouse of the vessel, Captain Leo Howard, no mercy, mercy, what a name, was looking at four blips on his Decca radar that were stationary. When he looked up about 28 kilometers from the vessel's windows, he could see the four bright objects situated in a roughly rectangular formation. The entire crew of the nearly 20 fishermen stood on deck and watched the object in the northeastern sky. Mercy radioed the rescue coordination center and harbor master in Halifax, asking for an explanation and filed a report with the Lunenburg RCMP outlining his sighting when they arrived. And then the last one, guys, sorry, um, Halifax Harbor sighting. So this is getting real close now. The Chronicle Herald and local radio stations reported a glowing object that had been seen by many people who had called their newsroom. They reported witnessing strange glowing. Uh, objects flying around Halifax around 10 p.m., which is closer to the harbour where, obviously, um, the Shag Harbour incident uh, eventually occurred. So when I read something like that, and obviously reading that to you guys and obviously people watching the show, I hope you hope you bared with me there while we were going through that. It, it, it's crazy because this is an incident now where you've got actual fact from different, um, I suppose, almost different counties, as we would say in Ireland, but different states in Canada, you know, like an actual airline involved as well, reporting what they had seen. So this is, this is, this is verified fact. I mean, this, this is not government stuff. This is, this is, this is stuff from a different realm, you know? And that's what I mean. This is, we start moving into stuff that feels more legit. It feels like it has more to it. Up on the screen there for viewers, um, I, I've been playing footage of the most recent ones that were declassified by the Navy. This is stuff that, you know, kind of works the same where it matches that description almost exactly to what you said. Um, Very unidentified, literally unidentified flying objects going for and doing stuff that cannot be explained. Um, these were verified mm-hmm. by the To The Stars, uh, but they were leaked by Tom DeLong from To The Stars. Um Last oh, year? I'm sorry. It was my growl coming through. I think I was trying to silently growl, and I think it came through. Excuse me. <laughs> but these are apparently from uh, November 2004, 2015, and 2007, 2017, as when they were put into the, to- the public domain. So, like, as you said, the, 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 those incidents all match up pretty closely to this footage. And that's where I'm saying, you know, there's no smoke without fire, and here seems to be a towering inferno. Well, why don't you? Why no, don't there's you no go? towering inferno. I want to go back to what Ian was talking about because, unlike to the Stars Academy's giant con, I think what he's saying actually has some legitimacy to it. Oh, I'm sorry, did I show my color right there? <laughs> but uh, Dave, what do you think about the footage? I'm just going to play it again. No, no, no. I want to talk about Ian's thing. I, I know we want to jump there because that's that's probably how we should spend the last thirty minutes. But I, I this Shag Harbor thing has me super interested because, right. like you're saying, this is not. CIA like TTSA is. Mm. This is not an entertainment corporation that pretended to be a UFO corporation originally, like TTSA is. This is not a rock star who's just, oh my God, they're coming to me. These are real, actual people 
I mean, so mass hallucinations. Is that the best? Is that the best we can come up with? You know, psychiatrically for what happened here. So you think so? So you think so? So you think so? You think one of the the main the main um, differences between this incident and anything else we've seen before is the source where it's you think it's more disinformation is, is that I, I i think david's onto something there david you, can correct, yeah. me if, you can correct me if i'm wrong here i think where david is coming from is the exact same place i came from when i first heard of this incident right it's the fact that it's coming from real people but with real timelines and that's why it was very important for me to report the actual incident and then go back to the to the uh, you know the pre incident yeah. if you will um, these are real people, harbor masters, uh, pilots, locals, um, all within within a jurisdiction that has been calculated as matching up to the exact same um, time frame that it would take. Um, the investigation that they then done on on Chag Harbor was a different story because it was the same kind of thing. Because the American government came up, told the Canadian government that we need to research this because we have experience with it, and blah blah blah. And, Obviously, that's why you've never heard of the incident. Yeah. And a lot of people haven't heard of the incident. It's one I haven't heard of. I think especially to Ian's point is the fact that we're talking about people who we're not just talking about would lose their jobs if they came out and said something. They could get locked up. Sure. You know, they they could be imprisoned for, oh, you're you have this. We need to put you away, especially at those times when. We didn't really understand how certain mental things worked. It was just, oh, we're just going to put you away. Um, anytime I hear somebody come out from the Air Force or, uh, you know, from the government or whatever, it's, yeah, but coincidentally, you're not losing your job. Who's paying you? These people aren't being they're paid. That's fair. Whether or That's not what they point. saw is true, That's I don't also- know. But That's they are putting their lives favorite. on the line to get this information out there. And an Air Force pilot isn't doing that. Right. That's also one of my favorite words. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's um, coincidentally and coincidence. What, what a yeah. word. It's, right. um, it's a word that can be just used so much to your advantage, especially if you're in a, in a position of power, you know? Mm. Oh, that's just a coincidence. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. You were seen there at that time uh, doing this. Ah, that's that's just coincidence. You but, know, it's... Uh, but what I do want to say, I've seen this come back into vogue recently, um, and up on the screen now there's five of the credible, most credible UFO sightings from 21st century. And we've had a handful of them. There's been so many weird, weird in, uh, incidents of even 2020, but over the past five years that kind of make you think. And one that I want to get your opinion on, based on what you said there about, you know, paid actors or whatever. The f- no, I'm not, I'm not even paid actors. No, I just mean people just in, in position of, if of authority. You're in, if you're in an intelligence organization, especially, I know we're going to jump to this in a section, in a second, but if we're talking about To The Stars Academy no. and, and your name and you happen to be a counterintelligence officer 
am I really supposed to believe that you've stopped being a counterintelligence officer just because magically there's this UFO group that wants you involved that the government's I, I like I like the idea of paid actors there. I'm just going to throw this out there. Just Yeah, it, 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 but I don't want to confuse segment. that with the whole, like, people say, oh, this person was a paid actor. They went on TV and they feel well, how many, sympathy. Like, I think it's a different, it's a different, totally different, like, How many paid actors me. do you reckon all of the, the news companies have paid uh, the, the South American countries recently to... Yeah. Look afraid on the on so oh oh my god I'm well, fearing for my life and well, they're, the they're they're in the same they're in the same locations in different spots as well. Well, what I do know, know, yeah. Well, what, what was that movie that came out? Oh yeah. my gosh, it was just a couple of years ago. Tim Pool mentioned it recently. Yeah. Um, gosh, the name's escaping me, but you'll see it. A person goes on the news. They defend the tobacco industry. Oh, thank a you for smoking. A couple years later, thank you, you see the news. Thank you for smoking. And they're That's defending, it. oh, climate change is a hoax. Yeah. Um, like, uh, and however you feel on either of the subjects, that's not relevant to what I'm saying right now. No, what I know. What I'm saying is, oh, Merchants for Hire. That's what it's called. Um, you can look up the movie. Uh, there, there's people who's, that's what their jobs are. They're paid by lobbyists to go out and, and say a specific tagline. And... People don't realize that Operation Mockingbird never ended. That's a good point. Bear. Operation Mockingbird is program. Yeah, it's a CIA program. But they, they've done the they've done the, the same the recently. They've done the same recently with with uh, with Venezuela and with countries and all these uh, yeah. these these refugees marching against Trump a million miles and blah blah blah. And they're in. And they never make it here. Yeah, they're, they're in samples. And then all of a sudden, you've got photos from real journalists and real photographers showing them taking yep. a break and exchanging money. Yeah. So I mean, this mm. this is a government that lies to people. But uh, it, it, it's, I it's, it's, I just want to take that point for one, and I want to finish off on something that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Okay, and it's this Exo Vaticana, right? Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, this, this is, is interesting. this is one that I don't think what most people know even. about. Can't I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say. Can't believe I'm they named their, their observatory Lucifer. That's I what just, it's called. It's, no, it's not the observatory. It's telescope. I'm right. gonna give That's a shout out to my father, Papa Papa Mike Kelly, who's probably watching right now. He's gonna love this next bit, Dara, because uh, uh, I, I had to, I, I had to mention this. I had to mention this because yeah. this guy was I on. Agree. This guy was on Coast to Coast AM. He was on. He did the whole run. Uh, t- um, Tim Putnam. Uh, no, not Tim Putnam. Yeah. Uh, Art Bell. Chris Putnam. He was oh, on, Chris yeah, he with was Art on, Bell. And, yeah. with Art Bell, and then he was on there with George Norrie, and I'm like, oh, this is great, you know. So um, I, I had to bring this up because I read this book, and they were on the, they were doing the whole Petrus Romanus thing, which is supposed to be the last pope. Um, and it's it, basically it goes into the Vatican and their their plan to basically bring in aliens, and it, it's it's a wild read. It's a fun read. I would definitely. It's worth the seventeen euro to pick up. Get on Kindle though. Um, I actually get it on wish. Get it on wish. You'll get it this. Oh, get it anywhere. It, it's great. But uh, while the overall narrative is, it, it is a very like um, evangelical narrative. The actual facts in it are quite interesting. So they're talking about the largest observatory. Um, it, like one of the largest observatories and one of the best telescopes is in the Vatican and it's run by Jesuits, which is yeah, uh, it's crazy. Like because you don't think oh, about it's it. a topic for another day. Yeah. Barry, don't get us. <laughs> oh, we're just touching all these points. <laughs> guys. We're touching all these points, but that's who it's run by. And then you go through where it is and its location and what they've discovered. That it's unbelievable. Um, so also a lot of um UFO 
even going back to what we talked about with the with the Renaissance artists, a lot of um, sightings have been around the Vatican, have been around Rome, and you know maybe that was the case with these um, these Renaissance artists. So it's yeah. it, it really gets the noggin jogging when you when you read a book like this and you're like, well, okay, I, a lot of this stuff is crazy, but there are some good kind of true lines here as well, and it, it all kind of lines up. And when stuff lines up, it, it makes you question stuff. Now I'd say don't swallow. Look, everything we say is pulled from different areas. Don't just believe it because we're saying it. Do your own research and make up your own mind. But um, it's always fun to read a new approach. And this this book is the definition of a new approach when it comes to UFOs. Well, I like it. The reason I like it as well is because, I, you know, I would agree with that, uh, that last statement in terms of make up your own mind, you know, do your own research and... and Yes, no. we're the Fox News of conspiracy theories. Yeah, don't don't take your don't take your news. Don't don't listen to fake news. You know what I mean? Uh, don't listen to any news. Research drain, yourself. Drain, drain the swamp and do it yourself. That's what I would say. Drain drain the swamp. Always. People, you know. You know and I don't know. Maybe when you can't pan on draining the swamp, you actually drain the swamp. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, if you've got a swamp out of your backyard, you should drain it if yeah. it's not a swamp area. Did you guys hear the rumor that we wanted, instead of just a wall, we wanted to fill like a moat around, <laughs> around Mexico with alligators? Has nothing to do with aliens. I just got to throw that out there. Because maybe they, maybe they're amazing. alien alligators or something, some sort of, you know what I mean? Sort of, <laughs> just, just throw Hillary out there and tell her to spawn a load of little frogs that she spits out. Oh, God. She can, uh, she can, she can, uh, I'm, you guys are safe in Ireland. I'm going to disappear tomorrow. You realize that, right? Listen, I'm saying this right now, online, live on video. If Hillary Clinton or her husband came near me, I would right hook the jaw off those people. So, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, God. So, uh, I can't do that in this country. There's literally laws against that. You didn't say it, David. Like freedom okay. of speech, kind of. Kind you didn't of. say it. But Listen. Look, uh, the easiest way for me to get back into America is just by hail Donald Trump. <laughs> it's, it's simple. Um, I got a no. MAGA hat you can borrow. I, I love it. I love it. But guys, but I just wanted to—I wanted to mention something just before we wrap up. There, um, we're not wrapping but, up. We need to discuss. We we're can we go into overtime, Derek? Can I make the executive call? Because if we don't discuss two of the stars okay. academy, I'm not going to be happy. Okay, yes, but I—I I just want—I just want to—I just want to, 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 to touch this up, right? So what this yeah. also goes into, and what we haven't talked about, but it is worth going into because we can't verify anything that we're talking about. This is all just us having a laugh. Oh, yeah. Um and it's all entertainment again, so that's it. It's you know it's entertainment. Yeah. But I hope you people are entertained because essentially what, what, what we are doing here is just purely entertainment. If we're if we're exactly. talking about, you know, anything that we're talking about is our opinions, but not they're based on maybe probably years of research and looking into this stuff ourselves. It's not to change your mind and tell you you must uh, you must do this. But what I will tell you is <laughs> if you are interested in anything we are saying, then you must do your own research. That's for sure. And what I will say, look, and look, well, and not even do your own research so that you find out what's true or not. But oh yeah. my gosh, guys, dive into this. Yeah, it's yeah, so much fun. It's so much. I want to give it. Yeah, so I want to give a shout out to what's currently my favorite YouTube channel. I, I'll get no payback for this in any way, sort of form. But guys, check out Dark Journalist. He does an amazing job. Um, he goes into the occult, which I wanted to get into. I'm going to skip over it because I, th I think with everything we've covered, we've 
we don't even need to go there, but well, hold I mean, on. if you guys on, want to know on, about on, mystery on, schools, on, on all that, that book, et cetera. On, 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 in okay. this book right here that's on the screen right now, this goes into occultism. It goes into yes. the, the, the COVID breeding policy of hybrids and all this mad yes. stuff. So, you know, this is where we can go. And what I will say is, look, this is a show that's for you guys. It's yeah. it, it's open. Um, we're going to start putting up polls about what you want us to talk about. This is all entertainment. This is all fun. This is all of a laugh. This was very entertaining to, to, to read through and go through and look at the history. And all we can do is is go off what's what we can what we can kind of verify. And then when when we were jumping down rabbit holes, we tell you. And yeah. you know, this is one of them that's really fun um, to jump down. But I'm um, going to jump down. I, since we're talking, and he walked away, I'm just going to jump down the deepest rabbit hole. That sure. could possibly exist on the subject. Sure. Take a take a second to breathe for a second, people, because deep breath, this guys. Is deep as outlandish breath. as you can possibly get. But I want to talk about Jack Parsons. Okay. I want to talk about the guy that ran JPL, or you know, it's known as the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, aka Jack Parsons Lab. This is the guy who we wouldn't have gotten to the moon, et cetera, without. But also, and this is what's so great when you go back in time and you know people like Isaac Newton, um, Galileo, all of them, not only were they scientists, but they were they cultists. Were also, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they this, were cultists. This guy was not, into alchemy this guy and was, stuff like this that. This guy was not only involved as a Freemason, but he was also involved with the OTO and heavily up with Alistair Crowley. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that first part, but I mean, let's talk. <laughs> let's I'm talk sure. about Alistair Crowley sorry, just for a second. Alistair Crowley. I mean, man. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, Ian. We're talking about Alistair Crowley. Um, hey, guys, in the you, chat. If you visit our Facebook page from the Dark uh, Conspiracy Podcast, you'll see a post that I put up this week. And it is a picture drawn by Alistair Crowley of uh, a being he called, I don't know if he pronounces Lam or Lamb, whatever. Lam. Lam. Yeah, Lam. yeah, that. Lam, yeah. Okay. It helped him write the book of the law, and eventually he drew a picture of it. Well, it eerily resembles what we today would consider a quote-unquote gray alien. Yep, and it looks very much like a gray alien. Like, let's go like, deeper. The, like the let's definition, the definition of what we think of a gray alien. Oh, hundred percent. The big head, small eyes. But the, I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta I go deeper up, in this rabbit hole. I have to. I just have yeah. to. Not only is this something that. Parsons did, but you have to consider this is a guy that we're launching rockets to the moon at the same time he's off in New Mexico or whatever doing sex magic to hopefully get these rockets to launch with guys like, here it comes, Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. And as the theory goes, Supposedly in 1946, coincidentally, before all these sightings started happening with Roswell, etc., he did something called the Babylon Working, which I encourage you to Google. We can't cover it in this podcast. It's yeah. way too complex a topic Duty. to get into. Duty. But yeah. the type event, supposedly they emptied, they 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 opened a portal to another dimension that let in these aliens. And these UFOs. So let's forget about them being from another planet, another solar system, another galaxy. We know there's, thanks to Kepler, we know there's billions upon billions of planets. What if UFOs aren't from other planets? What if they're what interdimensional if they're from beings? Another dimension. Yeah, and that's another thing. What if they're interdimensional beings? Which, to be honest with you, it makes way more sense. It does. They can get here in an instant. Yeah. 
But here's the thing, like, but this... it's also scary. Like, it's we've, also we've super actually scary if you think sorry, about it. Sorry, guys. What year? In what year was it that scientists actually figured out that we did have wormholes and it was possible to space travel if they could figure out how to manipulate these wormholes correctly? All right. Uh, so well, I think that was part of Einstein's um, one of his theories where he added lambda as yeah. the, the variable to explain what at the time he said this is a mistake, but it turned out, oh, wait, this coincidentally expla explains dark matter, which here's another mind blower for you people. Five percent of the universe is matter and energy. The other 95 percent. Scientists have no idea what it's made up of. They call it dark energy. They call it dark matter. And they go, well, we, we, we don't know. So yeah. is it really reasonable to rule out that there might be multiverses or interdimensional travel? I don't know. And this, and I'm too stupid. And, and I'm too stupid of a human being to know. Well, like if look, you're, if, uh, if it, you're a listener... Go ahead, Dara. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, before you jump in there, Ian, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we don't know about and that's fun to research and that could all be bs or could be true but what's crazy about it is the scientists that we have document like like you said jack parsons this guy was deeply into the occult to the point that he was seven or eight layers deep like we're not talking about someone who reads a book or goes in there he is heavily involved as you said with sex magic and all this kind of stuff and yep. then we end up what is the definite what is the main image of an alien this uh, this image from Alistair Crowley, which is nineteen 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 exactly decades before gray aliens were even a concept. Like, I, I wasn't even a thought personally. Like, look, literally, there is you know the stereotypical alien from the fake alien autopsy, and there's uh, the image. Like, how spooky it, is that? If you guys aren't scared. Should be, <laughs> or at least intrigued. I'm going to ask a question to people that are listening right now. Okay, that that mm -hmm. might be just listening for fun, and and they don't believe in anything. It's like, oh no, no, there's no other life on other planets, or blah blah blah, whatever. And that's fine. That's your right to believe whatever the hell you want to. And um, but I'm going to ask one question and one question only. When you are sitting outside and it's a beautiful night and it's it's um you know. The, the sky has zero cloud in it, and you see all those beautiful stars and whatnot. When you look at those stars, I remember asking someone, I'm, I'm going to leave them unnamed. Uh, I remember asking someone saying, what do you think those stars are? Actually, what are they? Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, I suppose they're similar to light bulbs, like, aren't they? <laughs> and I remember just going, is that all you've got for me? They're similar to light bulbs. Okay, sure. You're saying what you see. It's like bringing a kid into psychiatry and going, hey, say what you see, you know, or catchphrase. Say what you see, my friends. Um, but really, realistically, ask yourself, what do you think it is that you see when you see the stars? What do you think the stars are? They're basically our version of the sun. Some of them maybe triple to quadruple times the size of the sun. And in fact, scientific, scientists have proved that a lot of these stars don't even exist anymore. Mm. They're Think reflections. The reflections trip of all stars. Out, trip, yeah. trip out on that for a moment. Yeah. What you're seeing in front of you 
isn't even there anymore. Yeah, it's, like a, that's, that's, it's a reflection yeah. of a dying star or a dead star, just as it's gone supernova. So, so for you to think that there's no life forms possibly around some of these stars that are probably galaxies away, where whatever, whatever way you want to look at it, um, yeah, that's that's crazy. So, what isn't it the most egotistical thing that you could think as a human being that us on an average planet? On an average part of the Milky Way, in an average galaxy, in an average part of the universe, just happens to be so special that out of the trillions upon trillions of other galaxies that exist in the universe, we're the only ones that came up with intelligent life. We're the only ones where the universe decided, let's leave religion out for, for just a split second and let's just go with the purely scientific concept. We're the only place where the universe decided I'm going to manifest myself as consciousness and observe and ask questions about myself. Mm. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm glad you chimed in with that because that's actually essentially what it is. I mean, like me personally, I believe in, you know, the idea of Jesus and stuff like that is great. You know what I mean? It's, it's a great message. It's, it's 100%. And I believe that if you follow that message, hell, you're going to live a good life. You know what I mean? Mm. If you live to it, live to that code. And generally, if you fall down, you're going to come back from that. And, and as long as you, you, you learn from those mistakes, you're going to be great. And I 100% wholeheartedly believe that that's a great message. Um, however, on your point, David, we are as a species, human beings, as important, if not less important, as ants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or bees, you know? Bees probably are, are, are probably even more important. Um, <laughs> they probably are. You well, know? Look, on the chat here, Ronan Farrell jumped in saying, yeah, we're basically seeing something that exists millions of years ago before. It's amazing. Also amazing to see uh, how we take it for granted. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Eamon, Eamon Cleary pops in, would you bang an alien if she had a human box? Would I bang an alien <laughs> if she had a human box? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not even going to hesitate. Absolutely. Yeah. I it's think like, I convinced like, my girlfriend to have a three-way. I'm it's like, just going to be like, honest. It's like that bit from uh, Jane Silent Bob, you know? Uh, no, sorry, from Clerks 2, where he's like, oh, you know, maybe do an alien. It's like Homeboy made it with an alien once. Listen, let's let's speak about banging aliens. What about Captain Kirk? That motherfucker would. <laughs> he got, he got there first. He got around. Yeah, Te- like I mean, he, he Te- didn't care. You talk about not being a racist. That guy colored, he covered uh, green skin, blue skin. <laughs> You know, every color. Actually, uh, it's funny because we're talking about uh, Jack Parsons. Um, was it Elon Hubbard? Sure, Aaron Hubbard. Aaron yeah, Hubbard. Yeah. He was he was involved there as well. So there is that kind of sci-fi crossover. Here's the thing: uh, Terry Butcher pops in the fact that there are more nonfiction <laughs> than any person has written in their entire life. Just can't, just just. It's like to point that out. Terry, he has, a, he has a religion. Butcher. Oh yeah, Aaron Hubbard. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, Terry Butcher. Terry Butcher pops in the fact that 99 population does not take an interest in it. Um, yeah, that's sad. Emmett, Emmett Ronan pops in. Emmett asking the real questions we all want to ask, and then the clerk's reference. Yeah, thanks guys for for, for <laughs> popping in in the chat. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, hundred. It's always good to see people uh, getting involved. I got a few few uh, text messages as well, so it's great to know that people are uh, are watching on our pilot episode of. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
some, yeah. some technical, and I some, will one hundred percent respond to any comments that you guys leave under the YouTube video. I, I get a kick out of doing it. I do that for the wrestling rewind G plug. Mm. So please, please leave comments. And oh my gosh, Derek, don't let us leave before we talk about TTSA. Oh no, well we won't, we won't. But I just would say, you know, some technical issues beforehand. We have them resolved now, which is good. So uh, for next month's next month's show. It should run a little bit more smoother. I think um, I think we're possibly going to look, because of the lockdown situation, it depends, I guess, on uh, everyone's situation now with, mm. uh, with, with the next period on our wonderful uh, Prime Minister. Shout out not to uh, <laughs> that moron that uh, runs Ireland, and I say that you know very lightly. It was followed <laughs> out and he just still stuck around. Democracy yeah, for the win, right? Yeah, Leo Varadkar, I can say that. He can't sue me. I can say what I want. <laughs> I, I pay his wages. That's true. Um, but I think um, I think we, we might possibly look at doing a couple of weeks over the next uh, little while at doing it maybe every two weeks, but we're not going to promise that. Mm. We've talked about that, Dara, but we might be able to get the next one out within two weeks. What I would say, what what I would say to that is, anyone who's interested, subscribe to the show, subscribe to the channel. Um, you know that's the best way to reach us. Uh, it's the best way. To, there's lots of shows going on. We have our own Facebook page as well for this. So when we do have it, like the Facebook page, there'll be notification what's going on and what the next topic is. At the moment, we're thinking of doing time travel. Um, because there's some wild oh, stuff so with that, but we goodness. might, oh my gosh. we might, um, we might put another topic up. But you know, if we do go time travel, and you want to talk about uh, undercover Vatican conspiracies, one is the Chronovisor. Which, if you guys don't know what the Chronovisor is, it's amazing. So that's what, and John Teeter as well. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I personally, I'm pulling for time travel, but I'm, in, I'm interested in time travel because I'm interested in how this whole Q movement and all that is kind of coming yeah. into it now with, uh, mm. obviously with, with George Bush's son and stuff like that. Mm. Um, or not George Bush, should I say, uh, excuse, you know, what? I'm going to slap myself in the face right there. How dare I put George Bush and John F. Kennedy in the same sentence. Um, John I F. mean, F. both great human beings. really. <laughs> Oh, well, well, one is a great human being. One was. A you're right. JFK was kind of a douche. Hey, you're winding me up now. <laughs> He's having a go. He's having a go. Hey, hey who lives in this country? Who does the voting? You <laughs> Irish people. How dare you? <laughs> if, if, if us Irish people were over there, you'd be more fucked because we can't seem to take care of ourselves now as well. That's a fair <laughs> point. No, no. That's a fair we point. Would actually, we would actually be okay because we voted. We vote for the right party now. It just doesn't matter. Anymore. No. They just don't recognize your votes. No, yeah, they yeah, just yeah, stay yeah. anyway. Guys, I have a question here from FC. Regarding Area 51 in its current state, what has changed in terms of information? Info is easier to come by these days. Do you believe that Area 50, 51 is still active? I believe it's still active sure, yeah. as a base. However, I believe that if there was anything alien-related, I believe it has been moved to other bases because of the public perception that it's gotten. Look, um, I'm going to cite uh, Catherine Ost Fitz, I believe her name is right here. There is $21 trillion missing from the U.S. budget that goes into what we refer to as the black budget. Oh, sure. coincidentally, that's half of our economy. She hmm. believes a lot of it goes into breakaway civilizations that orbit the Earth. I don't know if I can really get on board with that. But what I do know is that if there's attention to a specific place like Area 51 and people are camping out there, et cetera, are they still doing test flights? 
yeah, probably. But if there's actual sensitive data, it's not like China. It's not like Russia. It's not like Iran doesn't know about these locations. So they probably have it compartmentalized and moved out to other bases would right. be my assumption. Again, I don't know. Again, I play, play, I play officially don't work there as far as you guys know. Again, if, play, play Half-Life. You'll have a good time. I would say Area 51 is probably just a museum now. And anything that really? was there, anything that was there has been moved. And look, if I was running Area 51, I'd close it and open it up as a museum. Make some money out of it, why not? Yeah, open up the whole Grim Lake facility. One of the things that upset me, and I'm going to jump back to Bob Lazar for a second, is I saw an article, I think it was two weeks ago, of a pilot that overflew Area 51. He kind of got not in the airspace, but just close enough. And the news article used it to disprove Bob Lazar's story. For some reason, I just, I don't know. I believe him a little bit. Not that necessarily with UFOs, but I believe he worked on some sort of secretive project. And For sure. Right, and again, like it seems like the chat really is enjoying time travel. In so I think we're, that's the one we're going to be going for, lads. What have we got any more questions before before you 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 waiting uh, on the side read, of the- before you read any more the, the even the comments out? I just wanted to mention as well, like it's like that old adage, one of my favorite quotes, um, and a scary quote as well. When you really really dissect this quote, it, it is scary. The greatest trick the devil ever played was making you believe that he didn't exist. Mm. How that, true is that, though? It's very true. You ask people who will will go to their grave saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. Do you believe that there is a physical devil? Well, like, there come you on. Go. All in or not all in. Exactly. exactly. One or the other. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what that's where I believe we are when it comes to, you know, you know, there's no, this isn't the only base. I mean, there's plenty of bases and there's plenty of facilities around the United States and, and off the United States. I let's look at Alaska sometime and see. Oh, gosh. The, oh. the yeah. thing wasn't just based on, on nothing. You so, know what I mean? So, guys, uh, we, we've, we've already touched on this, but there's a question from Kelly Waters in the chat Do you believe in aliens? No. Yes. Good <laughs> job. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. like you know, I think it's I. I you know, we talked about this earlier on, but I, I think it's unreasonable based on how big the universe is and based on you know how many dimensions there are for us to be alone. Well, I used to I used to always be a fence answer because I've always looked at myself as an open minded skeptic, but I believe now in the in the time that we're in, um, when it comes to aliens and UFOs, I definitely um, I, I I do believe in aliens. Yes. Hmm. I, I want to expand and say I'm not entirely convinced about UFOs. I do believe that aliens exist. I do believe that interdimensional travel, and that's such a weird word to use, does exist. Basically, if you, if you, if you boil everything down, our observable universe is what? 0.05 naught of what's out there. We see this tiny spectrum of visible light that we can perceive and then what our telescopes can perceive and that's nothing compared to what's out there there could be there could be alien roadways above us that we have no way of observing because they're in a different universe or a different dimension that doesn't hit we are the we are the equivalent of a speck of sand on a beach exactly exactly and that's it and and when when you think about it that way anything is possible 
You know, yeah, the multiverse yeah. theory, you know, I, even more so, every single every single thing that's possibly happened has already happened and then the opposite has happened at the same time. So, right. it, you know, but to, to boil it down to just, are there UFOs that have appeared? Oh yeah, probably. But as we've For talked sure. about, they're, they're probably different things. Like I would say, one to close on, and Dave, I'll let you have your two to start rant now in a moment. But <laughs> thank you, thank the you. Third <laughs> secret, the third secret, the vision of Fatima. For anyone who is mm. is religious among you, um, yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah uh, and one here, it's from the. One We've kind the, of avoided ancient aliens because it has that weird. It does, you know, pejorative nowadays. Because well, of I'll the tell TV you what, show, maybe, but maybe, maybe next time I'll get my big wig. Put my big hair up. <laughs> <laughs> Your Giorgio Suclos look? Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy, though. I like him. He's oh, good. he is? He's very reasonable. But um, like, even that, I mean, you look at... I'm just going to make this really succinct, Derek, because I, I, I know where you are. Um, you, you look at something like even the story of Genesis, and you, can, you, you compare that to the ancient legends of sumer and i'm not talking about zachariah sitchens i'm mm. talking about oxford university um their translations of the sumerian tablets mm. what do we see we see god in the very beginning using voice aka string theory to create a universe mm. we see genetic manipulation with adam having a rib taken out and it creates Eve or the arc, dust to the dust, in general, earth to yeah. earth. Um, the arc, everybody looks at the arc and say, well, how could two of every animal fit? Well, what if it's, what if it's two samples of DNA from every animal? Yeah. We don't know. We don't know. We're, we're trying to, we're looking at things that are passed down through oral tradition for thousands and thousands of years, trying to use their words that they have in their language to explain things and I hope this doesn't get me kicked out of any congregations, but I'm just saying, is the story of Genesis really all that different from the story of, again, not Zachariah Sitchens, I'm talking about Oxford University right here. Is it really that different from the tales we see in Gilgamesh and the ancient Anunnaki kings? I what? don't think it well, is. Well, hold on. Even in the it Bible, look, an and you know what? And maybe, look, and maybe, we, and maybe we could do a topic on the Watchers. The Watchers. Oh, the Archons? The Archons and the Watchers. I would, I would like to do it on the Anunnaki as well. The Anunnaki. Yeah, well, they're the same, they're the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, you know, and they're in the Bible. So it's like, maybe we're all dancing around the same thing. You know, right. and, and that's what's that's what's crazy about it. So look, guys, the main thing is there's so much Ezekiel talk about. saw the wheel, right? Yeah. Like well, I mean Genesis I mean Genesis six four. The 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 angels came and had sex with women mm. and had these weird hybrid offspring. If that's yeah. not genetic manipulation, then what, what is I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But look, I, mean, I, 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 sorry, Ian, I think this topic is great and we should actually even have that one. Yeah, we're, n we're not going to divulge too much. Exactly. We need to uh, we need to stick to the point. And obviously we are coming near the end of this show. And I do believe that David has uh, the right to uh, to give a rant before we finish. <laughs> <laughs> we will close up. Uh, we will. We will finish off after that. I just want to personally say, obviously, before we do close, um it's it's been great actually for for for, for a first episode it's been uh, it's been really good it's been great uh, for everyone that's seen us live i'm getting some feedback here on the 
on the social media and on uh, on our personal level as well. So it's um, thank you to everybody that's been been watching. Um, and it's great to know that people are actually looking forward to a, a second show mm. and that um, they're already throwing suggestions in. So to anybody that's commented on the Nerd to Know Media uh, side of things, for you, uh, Dara, you've been checking that out. Mm. Just want to say personally, a big thank you to all of you because uh, we did put a lot of effort into this. Yep. Um, we uh, we're, we're not going away after this one. That's all I say. There's more to come, you know. And again, I want to echo those sentiments. Like it's it's great to see the chat being so active. Uh, thanks for everyone who took time to check out the show. Um, again, apologies for the technical hiccups. Again, it's the first time we've actually like rolled this out and had all the the documentation and screen shares and stuff like that. So. We have that sorted now for the next couple of shows. So um, thank you so much for everyone who uh, took time out to check us out. 100%. Yeah, please um, subscribe, etc. There's a lot of shows on our networks that I think you guys should check out. If you find that you like personalities like oddly myself or more likely Ian or Derek, please <laughs> check out shows that they're involved with. Um, I think we got some great things going on. This is really the the start this is really the ground that we're starting to build and we'd love to have you aboard and how cool is it to say hey i was there for episode one i was there for the beginning of these podcasts we, mm. we love to have you we want your site and we want to make this a show for you guys yeah, yeah. exactly because that's the fun you know as i said we're we're, t- we're we're tackling topics that most people don't know about or may only you know surface amount and we're gonna go as crazy and deep as it can you know that's because i grew up listening to coast to coast am I love the, the higher side chats. I you know, I love all these shows. I read all these crazy books. So I want to talk about it, you know? Why not? I agree. And I would just say, uh, for example, David doesn't know this yet, but he's going to be on my podcast uh, next week or the week after. Um, <laughs> there's, no, there's no choice. He, he, has a wrestling, he has a wrestling show. David, why don't you mention the wrestling show that you have just to give it a little... Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Derek and I have a uh, show called The Wrestling Rewind, which you can find on Nerd to Know Media. You can find it across Twitch, YouTube, um, iTunes, etc. We like to go back in time and look at things. Sometimes if there's news, like this past week, we'll cover that. And I think it's just a cool way for you guys to get some information and some insights from, shall I say, both sides of the Atlantic. That's what I love most about doing the show with you guys. Um, it's so cool for me. Uh, to not just have an Americocentric view, mm. I actually get to see what other people on the other side of the quote-unquote pond think, and that's invaluable to me, and it's enriched my life, quite frankly. Well, I will wait patiently for my invite, as I told Dara, onto that show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward. I don't know what I've signed up for, but apparently I'm in, so yeah. I'm in. Don't worry, it's it's coming in. It's going. I uh, I know, I know. No, but all, all joking aside, it's it's uh, it, it's true. The nerd no media. I'm I'm very happy to be a part of this group now, especially with this particular podcast. It's um, you know, it's it's been great. Uh, l- let me just kind of thank Dara, especially for for all the hard work that he puts in behind the scenes. Because guys, what you're seeing on screen right now from the guy at the very bottom. Um, he's the guy doing all this production and putting everything that you uh, that you see in front of you and putting up the information. And so, even though you said thank you, Ian, for for coming up with the idea, listen, when you have an idea, you've got to have someone that can execute it. So, um, in fact, multiplied by two, in particular, I will uh, I will give you thanks um, just as much as you gave me because 
I think it's a great, great concept. Like I said, this is this can be like a like a free Patreon for everybody at the end of the show that can just hear us shooting the shit and kind of thanking everybody involved. It's going to get a lot better. Mm. Um, oh yeah, you know, I'd like to think it was professional anyway, but uh, it, it's going to get a lot better. It and, is, uh, you know, and, and and the more the more the more deeper the more deeper the topic, the more time we have, uh, the better it'll get as well, and the more involvement. Like I have to say, I, I love when people chat in. It always adds a bit of flavor to the show. So anyone who did yeah. chat in makes it work well. Absolutely, and we'll start we'll start getting stuff then. You know, down the road we'll start kind of rewarding people. So stick with us. You know what I mean? Exactly. Stick Absolutely. with us. But guys, before we go. Dave, please give us your rant. Rant time. You know what? I'm not. I'm not even going to rant because I don't think they deserve it. But <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure you two are aware. You know what Two the Stars Academies is, right? You, yep. you understand the basic concept. It's yep. Tom DeLonge, and you can watch his. Again, I'm gonna. I'm gonna shout out the Joe Rogan Experience podcast because even when he was on there, Rogan was like, "Are you kidding me?" You see, really, you're you're a rock star, so the CIA came to you. Rogan um, definitely works for the government, doesn't he? Because he always, yeah. always. Well, well, no, I won't say Rogan does. I will say that he, his podcast has changed to a way where he doesn't want to be demonetized. Yeah, he he basically. definitely gets he he definitely gets it up the ass from someone. He's 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 because let's be fair, I've followed him since day one. Oh, you too. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. All you're with sudden, me then. Like he cuts people off, like as soon as they bring up anything, he's part of something. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not bright. I'd say it's. it's yeah. I, I honestly think it's a money thing. Yeah. More mm. than anything else, he doesn't want to get his videos demonetized because you're right. There's uh, there's early shows when he would talk about psychedelics when he would have people on. He had Giorgio Suclos on for a the couple moon of landing. Shows. The moon landing. Yeah. Moon landing, he would talk about uh, stuff like that, where he would say, hey, I don't believe this anymore, but I really want to go in depth and talk about it. Um, The only saving grace that he has right now, in my personal opinion, is he's still a huge fan of John Anthony West. I'm hoping we'll get to the Sphinx and the Pyramid at some point in this podcast. Almost definitely. Still a huge fan of Robert Schock, a huge fan of Graham Hancock. You know, these are people that I grew up following before I even knew about Rogan. So that's, that's cool to me, but let's get to the nitty gritty. Cause that's what you guys want to hear at this point. No, I'm not going to do a promo. Like I'm wound you up now. Come on, baby. (laughs) No brother. Come Come on, on, brother. Let's go. I was going to say this. Um, For those that don't know, Tom DeLonge was supposedly contacted by people from the CIA, and we've hit this point before. What's that a big sign of disinformation? Was hit by these people by the TSA, uh, by by the CSA for a group that he now calls the TTSA, um, and it was all about UFO research and finding zero-point energy, the kind of nonsense BS that we've heard since day one in this ufo community sorry guys but it's true it's it's when it comes to fruition i'll believe it even elon musk wants it and i've yet to see it and my issue with this big thing happened october it basically happened on my birthday of this past year it happened when in october of this past year when tom DeLong made an announcement because in congress they had made some inquiries why are we giving funding to this group that's putting out these videos like Derek's showing on screen right now, why are we giving funding 
to these groups where they're going after UFO research and they're trying to figure things out, etc. And what was the tweet that DeLong put out that saved the stock? We are not a UFO organization. We've never been, I'm paraphrasing, but something along these lines, we are an entertainment company. Well, screw you, Tom DeLong. That's not what you sold for years on all of the shows that you went on. It was, I have this insider information. Oh my gosh, it feels like Stephen Greer in the early 2000s with all this crack. You pull on Louis Elizondo, who shows up at these conferences wearing bulletproof vests, and he has dogs sniffing for bombs because his life's at risk. It's Bull crap. It's always been bull crap. It's a con. Disclosure since day one has been a con. Trust me, if aliens decide that we are hit harmoniously as a global community, they will disclose themselves. They're not going to go through some rock star, if you will, from Blink 182, whose music I actually used to enjoy. That's not going to be your mouthpiece. So you go on all these shows, you present this crap, and you want me to believe you? And I'm going to go a step further because at this point, screw it. Corey Good, the Blue Avians, screw you. David Wilcox, supporting Corey Good and the Blue Avians, screw you. David Wilcox, pretending to be the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, if there's ever been stolen valor, I don't know how much more you could get than stealing the valor of an amazing psychic like Edgar Casey. So screw you. Corey Good, David Wilcox, Elizango, Tom DeLong, screw you. And but, um, I think that's all I have to say on the topic. And I'm just going to go on, on, on that's record a rant. saying, screw Hillary Clinton as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't think we were going to get into a rant today, but there we go, guys. That was, that was crazy. <laughs> that's a hell of a rant. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you just cut a promo on all those guys. Oh, man. You know what? I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Pen up for years. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's it, Ian. I think we're after hitting time. Yeah, we have hit time. Uh, we're going to kind of close it out now by, by again, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, I, I personally want to thank Nerd to Know Media, which I'm obviously a part of now with you guys. Um, thanks for having me on board, uh, Dara. It's no been, uh, been, been great fun. Obviously, um, you, you, we do a podcast together as well, which if people are into the world of professional wrestling, and uh, especially, uh, I guess, nostalgia-wise, they should go and check out the four Podmen, which I'm sure you'll agree. Yep. And um, Ara is one of the uh, one of the main. Uh, th- there's only four of us, so he's definitely one of the main, <laughs> one of the main guys on there. But um, you know, so go and check out some of our uh, back catalog of um, of topics that we talk about, from the Monday Night Wars to the Intercontinental Title to the career of Kurt Angle and upcoming soon the career of Triple H. Which uh, which Can will you be say interesting that again. I just love the way you pronounce that. It was very William Regal esque. Which one? Triple H. Triple H. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but don't forget, I come from a British wrestling background. Even you know, all of us Irish wrestlers come from. A, well, we come from Britain. You know, in terms of our education, Britain. It's okay, David. You know, it's it's all right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the way we talk. But uh, no, I just want to say thank you to uh, to you guys as well for for. Uh, getting this stuff off the ground. It's been 
I would like to think it's going to be a, a big success. And evidently, with the amount of people that are, are interested already, it's success beyond we uh, beyond we thought initially. So definitely, everybody that took the time out today to listen, once again, thank you very much. Um, and yeah, we, we're going to be back. The, the, the darkness is going nowhere. Yeah. And just again, you know, FC just popped this up in the chat there. Great show. Next week again. We'll let you know the best way to do go over, like our Facebook page, Nerd to Know Media YouTube channel, and all the information will be given out when we know. So we're going to try two weeks. So not, not next Friday, the Friday after, but we'll see how it goes. All right. We'll, so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it up. Um, we'll try and get it up on, I know Facebook polls and stuff like that are gone. Um, we'll now, figure a way around it. I will figure a way will, around it. We we will figure a way, and we we will make sure that every vote counts because the one thing I don't like doing is deceiving people. Mm. And we have a we have a similar obviously we have a similar platform with the Podmen. Uh, Unlike the government with all the UFO files that we talked about today. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Fuck you, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> she was the disclosure president. I don't want to get into it, but let's just you know. Tony Podesta. Yes. What have happened? Oh, we would have had fake disclosure. Well, look, on that note, guys, uh, we'll wrap it up there. We're going to end the stream before we get, you know, suicided. <laughs> and, um, I won't take that. <laughs> and, uh, I will take care of you guys. It's okay. <laughs> fair enough. Well, guys, thanks we for all everyone. are across the ocean. You're safer than I am. Fair. Well, I'll take know. care of direct. <laughs> well, that's fair. That, that's it. That's, that's all we can do. Dave, just hop in that UFO behind you and you'll be good. Just do it. I'm off. Just do it. Barney and Betty Hill. This nonsense. All right, guys. So look for everyone in the chat. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. We talk to you next week or next time here on uh, From the Dark. If you like the other shows, check out Nerd to Know Media. All the shows we do are fantastic, and uh, we'll see you at the next edition. So. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.